Well, this is definitely not your typical talk show. As you know, the news coming down a couple of hours ago that Roy Halladay passes away in a tragic plane crash in the Gulf of Mexico. And you heard Mike bring it up. Some great insight about Roy's life and career from both Larry Boa and Jason Stark, which you'll hear again at some point in this program closer to the 8 o'clock hour. But there are a couple of ways. I don't know any way that there's a correct way to go and, and walk the straight and narrow when you're dealing with death, especially when you're dealing with celebrity death in the form of an athlete who was so dominant yet touched so many people's lives from teammate to fan alike, similar to Roy Halladay. So you get the news and you're immediately crushed. You take a step back from what you're doing in your day-to-day and you think, wait a second, let, let me source this. I know that we live in a very crazy time, social media and other outlets, quick to jump on stories. And you hope, you just hope for a second that it's not as it's being presented. And you hope that maybe it wasn't a crap. Maybe there was some misinformation that got relayed. And you know now it's all about getting there first, not about getting there right. And then, of course, unfortunately, the news pops. Unfortunately, the reality sinks in and we've lost Roy Halliday. We've lost the doc. And now you can go about it a couple of different ways. And it's all about you. This is one of these shows where... It's not just about your opinion. It's not just about what's inside your brain. It's about today, tonight, as you move forward tomorrow morning, as I'll be back with Anthony Bob, the bro on the morning show. It's about your heart. It's about how you deal with death. It's about how you deal with tragedy. And it's about what you choose to focus on. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It doesn't matter. Death, tragic, something like this. It's universal. It doesn't matter on any level how close or far away you are from that person. It can be a celebrity that's influenced and impacted you. And you know that somebody like Roy Halladay in this city and his arrival in this city in 2010 and what he did, perfect game, complete game that you heard, no hitter in the playoffs. This is about remembering Roy Halladay the way you want to. Remembering what Roy Halladay was to you as a fan of this team in the Phillies. What he meant to you here in the city. What he represented partially with the other great arms around him and the success that he had personally. But also just representing that feel of baseball being back. Representing that feel of, okay, yeah, you went in an 08. You're right back in 09, and then you just keep ramping up. And it was a time in which people not only chose to come here, but relished in the fact that they played here in front of these fans. And it was baseball that they loved to play, but more importantly, in front of these fans. And then you start to look at Roy. You start to look at the doc, and you start to look at his legacy. As being told by people that played with him, as being told by people that coached him, as being told by people like you, for example, out there who had the opportunity to even shake his hand, maybe something deeper. But it's about your own interactions. It's about stories that you've heard. It's about relaying the impact that this athlete made 40 years young. 
It's too soon. And we know that it's too soon. I'm not going to sit here and just reel off stats. I'm not going to sit here and try to relive what we've already seen before the accomplishments on the field. I'll let you do it. It's an opportunity for you to share on the platform for what he was, for what his legacy will be, for the people that came on. If it was Larry Boa, Charlie Manuel has tweeted, others as well. You know that it's going to be a long story of reaction the next couple of days on this station. How could it not be? How could it not be? And this is somebody, again, who comes to Philadelphia fresh off that Cy Young to where, you know, chasing it and then takes it here in Philadelphia. And you can see an individual, you can see a level of domination (laughs) just remember what that's like. You know, you're getting it now with Carson Wentz. You're getting it now with Ben Simmons. And those moments that you saw with Roy Halladay in 2010 when he comes in 21 games, he just dominates. And he has, and that was, you know, statistically, if you want to look at the win-loss, which shouldn't even be applied to a pitcher, but he comes in and just, it's what you expect. It's what you asked for on the field. And then you see these stories, and this is what happens when you lose somebody to tragedy, when Roy Halladay, in this case, leaves early, is you get the pictures, you get the stories, you get the links, you get the tweets, you get everything that encompasses who he was. And it's fans, it's members of the media, it's members of Major League Baseball. It's everybody who was touched, either physically or by legacy, from Roy Halladay. And that's special. Aton Shannon with you here till nine o'clock, eight o'clock hour. You'll hear if you missed it with Mike, Larry Boa. You'll hear if you missed it with Mike, Jason Stark. Those two guys said a mouthful, a lot. And I think that it's only fair that you get a chance to hear it again. And I know that we'll be active on talking to people throughout the day tomorrow, especially in the morning. And it might even be just relaying information that we find through people that we know. And maybe you understand at this point of time, not everybody is willing to jump on the phone and talk about legacy and talk about the positives because it's difficult. I understand that. Now, I personally would ask and say, hey, this is a chance to celebrate. This is a chance to look back and say how fortunate we were to have a guy like Roy Halladay, not just pitch in front of us, not just go out there and do everything that we asked for from an athletic standpoint, from a pitching standpoint, from a baseball. No, no, no. More so than that. What that represented, along with the other arms that were amassed on that squad, it was something deeper. You know how sports intertwines with what, what are we do on the daily here. You know how important it is. You know how essential it is to our day-to-day, our life. It's not just diehards. It's not just the season ticket holders that never miss the game. And back then, because I know that there was some time that is spent, unfortunately, moving away from the game by a lot of people. But at that time, it was more than just a buzz. At that time, it was riding that wave still fresh off back-to-back World Series appearances, fresh off that feeling of that 08 parade And knowing it was something more than just having an ace. You've seen that before. 
You've had a great pitcher with bad teams, Kurt Schilling. It's not the first time, if that were the case, that it would be in front of Philadelphia Phillies fans. In this case, particularly here, it was something much bigger. 610-632-0975. At Shander Shows, hey, get us on Twitter, at 975 the Fanatic as well. And we'll open it up to you because it's a chance for you to share. It's a chance for you to share memory. It's a chance for you to share experience. It's a share a chance for you to share what that lasting impact of legacy is for Roy Halladay. Because I can only do it so much. And these are those opportunities in which we are a collective form. These platforms work best. It's unfortunate because death is wrapped up in this umbrella. But when you have monumental events, when you have major events that happen, and you can apply positive, negative to it as much as you want. Unfortunately, as you know what happens, the negative sometimes will trump. But, hey, it can be something gigantic in a positive angle as well, winning or just something even beyond sports that just captivates where you cannot ignore it. I remember I was on the air an hour after the news pops that we got Osama bin Laden at the other stick doing the overnight. <laughs> what was I going to do? What was I going to do? Talk about the Sean Jackson and Riley Cooper or the fact that we just got Osama bin Laden? And it was, it was a positive to a negative. And today you have that opportunity, but I'm not going to hold it against you because there's no way that I can tell you. I can't dictate to you how to remember somebody. And I would never do that, nor should anybody. The only difference today is that I just happen to have the mic. Tom is first up with Aton Shannon on the Fanatic. Tom, good evening, sir. How's it going, Aton? All right. Good opening to the show, man. It was a great job, actually. Thank you, man. Thank so, you. This, this Roy Holiday thing, I mean, it's crushing news. Uh, I'm, I'm a young guy. I was in high school. I was actually at that, that no-hitter, the LDS game. And honestly, it's probably one of the best memories of my lifetime, not even just a sports memory. Just getting to be, I mean, Citizens Bank Park between 08 and 2012 was the place to be in Philadelphia. I mean, every game was a sellout. It was unbelievable atmosphere. And for a guy like Doc to come in, I mean, for really two, two great years and to be this beloved by a fan base, and not only a fan base, but a Philadelphia fan base, which takes a lot to, to buy into any athlete. Uh, it's, it really says a lot about him as a guy and as a, an athlete for Philadelphia really to buy in that much. Yeah, you're right. Because it, it doesn't happen often. And I think we are guarded for whatever reason. Because, you know, sometimes you just jump right in and you don't want to be, you don't want to fall into that, not bust syndrome, but that letdown syndrome. Certainly. And my, my buddy texted me the story that uh, he was at a Lehigh Valley game where Halliday was doing his uh, rehab stint in uh, 2012. After the game, he, you know, he's exiting the locker room, coming out to his car, and there's 200 to 300 people waiting, you know, just to see him after the game. And so he stops the uh, the security and makes an announcement and goes, "Now, if you guys want to get in a single file line, I'll sign an autograph for every single fan that's here." And that's he awesome. Two and a half hours, he stood there signing autographs. That's so cool, man. You know, I, honestly, Tom. Have you ever heard a bad story about fan interaction ever with Roy Halladay? You're right. And that's, that's the thing you got to love. And, I mean, not to change it all for Roy. I mean, he's a great guy not to make light of the situation. But you see a little bit of that in, uh, in Wentz, like that, 
that ultra focus during the game and even off the field, you don't really worry about Wentz. Like, you know, not bashing any, any Cowboys, but Zeke, you have the off-field issues and, and things like that. You just Wentz has that characteristic of you don't hear a bad story if you just trust them. And it's only been two years, but, you know, Philadelphia's already all in. Yeah, no, you're right, Tom. Appreciate the call. Stories like that are just piling up. I'm reading them, not even one by one, by the tens on Twitter. Personal stories like that with Tom and others about Roy Halladay just taking time, just taking a minute or two, if it's responding to a letter, if it's shaking a hand, if it's signing an autograph, whatever it may be. And that, again, you don't hear the opposite. And it's easy to be the opposite. And I again, maybe to play the moral game is not the right game tonight. To try to elevate somebody in, in that regard. Because you know that there are times in which you just catch people. But, you know, you shouldn't hold it against them either. I'm sure he had a bad day. Like, we all have bad days. And part of being a public figure is hiding or masking it to the point in which nobody would ever accuse you of having a bad day. See, I can have a bad, you, I can mean, we, I can have a bad, I'm not important enough. Roy Halliday, on the other hand, I mean, come on, let's be fair. Stuff goes around, but it's genuine. See, at that point, you can't fake it. When it becomes routine, and when it becomes habitual, and when it becomes something that you can continually point at and say, that's who this guy is, in the public interactions. That's who this guy is when he's dealing with fans. It's impossible to fake it that long. It is. So some of it, if not all of it, is genuine. And that is what you're going to continue to get throughout the show tonight. I don't need to have a crystal ball or the magic eight ball to know that one. It's going to be more of the same, which is Roy Halladay touched my life. Roy Halladay, as a fan of the Phillies, as a fan of baseball, as a Philadelphian, Roy Halladay impacted my life. Jeremy, next up on the Fanatic. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Eton? You got a tough job tonight, buddy. You got a tough job. Listen, um, it's it's you and others that are going to make it easier because it, it's about all of us tonight, collectively. Well, I, I'm a graduate student, and I just got out of class, so I heard the news in your open. Um, so I'm wow. 10 minutes removed from hearing about this. Um, and needless to say, I'm, I'm deeply saddened and, and personally hurt and grieving. Um, just want to talk a little bit about what holiday I think meant not only to us in Philadelphia, but for the sports world at large. Um, my personal story is that my buddy got married in 2010 on Memorial Day weekend. I was his best man. And that was the day that holiday threw his perfect game. Wow. And it was a momentous, you know, occasion on that day for multiple reasons. And we'll never forget my best friend's wedding because that's the day Doc threw his perfect game, you know, <laughs> and what a great omen for him and his wife who've been happily married since then for seven years. Um, but the thing with Doc stands out to me is that he's the kind of guy that you want to root for no matter what team he's on. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is a tremendous loss, not only for the city of Philadelphia and what he gave us, the memories, the excitement, the dedication, the hard work, but also for the sport of baseball and the sports world at large, because I'm not a person that says every athlete should be a role model. Every athlete should act this way or that way. I don't believe that, but I believe that when an athlete is a real person and a genuinely good person, 
that that makes me feel good as a fan, as a sports fan and as a human being. You're right. You, you know, Jeremy, I, I think you're on to something, which is you use Roy Halladay as a perfect example of it. It doesn't have to be fit into some line or box, which is every athlete must be this. But if you're in the public eye and if you're a celebrity and you're also living the way and interacting the way in which Roy did, Jeremy, then you can be used as a role model. doesn't mean that every baseball player or athlete has to be, but when you pick and choose and find the right ones who are doing it the right way, then you're right. Emulate that. And, and, and it just, it's, it's a testament to not only his work ethic on the field, but his character off the field, his transparency as a person, um, the way that he carried himself, like I said, he had no obligation to be the kind of person that he was. But you never really hear negative things about Doc. Not at and all. And I wish his family the very best and may he rest in peace because it was a pleasure to root for him as a player and as a person. Well said, Jeremy. Thank you for the phone call. Well said. I'm going to need a lot of help because there are things in which it's very difficult to convey personal feelings like i can't speak for you i can't speak for jeremy i can't speak for tom we're talking about the eagles expectations we're talking about load management things along those lines that are much easier and simpler in life i can speak for you i can come out and tell you how to think in fact, before the news popped, I had a couple of ways in which I was going to come out and tell you how to think about the Eagles and Zeke and other stuff. But when it comes to sharing memory and when it comes to talking about personal interactions like Jeremy just spoke of and Tom before and you are about to on the lines when we go back to him and on Twitter at Shander Show, it's, it's all about you and, and the ways in which you can convey it. And that's where I turn into a listener. That's where I sit back, I turn my mic off, and I listen to you tell your stories just like I'm in the car. Just like I'm coming home from work. Or just like I'm at my office late working and I've got the fanatic stream on in the background. Or wherever you may be at 622 this evening. And I enjoy it from as much as I can from a positive standpoint because... You start to celebrate. We start to celebrate the positives. Already, we've had a couple of calls, and it's been about how great of a role model Roy Halladay was. It's about how positive interactions you see across the board with a guy who you, you can't find anybody who had anything bad to say about him. And it's not just the typical stuff that pours out when you see a celebrity pass on, especially when he passes on early. This is genuine stuff about Roy Halladay. I mean, the only thing that you can say about this is, man, it's a shame that we only got him for four years. It's a shame that he was only able to touch our lives for the last four years or so of his career. And you look around and think, he did that. He impacted us this much in that short of amount of a time. Imagine what it's like up in Toronto right now. Imagine the Blue Jays fans who had a decade plus of Roy Halladay. It's tough. It's difficult. I know. And shows like tonight, just let it out. Any emotion, there is nothing wrong. There is no incorrect way for you to express yourself when it comes to your feelings and emotions about the tragic passing of Roy Halladay. There's just no way to, wrong way to do it. Nolan next up on the Fanatic. Nolan. 
Hey, Tom, how you doing, man? I'm all right, man. Appreciate your call. Always. From the first time call, really love this show. Um, just a tragic night, and obviously thoughts and prayers out to Roy and his family. I mean, like, what just, I can't even tell what's going on. I was in sixth grade when the Phillies won the World Series in 08, and I was in eighth grade. I was, like, I was a kid when he came to the Phillies, and I can't remember. All I remember is how excited my dad was. I had no idea who this guy was. I just knew some great pitcher was coming. Yeah. And then I remember from the first start, it was like I knew I was watching something special. And it wasn't just, you know, every great outing is the perfect games. But I remember I was reading a story how in the 10 and in the 11th season, Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, and Cole Hamels had a poll or a competition who would have the best batting average among the three of them. And I don't know why. It's I thought that was the coolest thing. Because all you saw was, like, you know, a pitcher's initially going up, striking out. But just, I thought it just showed who these guys, not just Roy Halley, but that whole team in the atmosphere, I think, of the great Philadelphia sports athletes is just their determination just to be great and to want to win and to want to play in Philadelphia. It's like what you said. It was a time when people wanted to come here and play. Yes. And now you're seeing that. You're seeing that with a guy like Carson Wentz. And, you know, all we do here is rave and roar about him. I mean, and this is why, because you see players from around the NFL leagues want to come and play with guys like this. And, you know, the ability is one thing. It's an amazing thing to watch, but it's so much more than that determination just to win and to want to be good. And that's what I think at the end of the day separates, you know, the good from the great and the boys from the men. I mean, that's what you had in Roy Howdy. You had just a role model in every aspect of a player, absolutely. But as a guy, too, I mean, just an inspiration. I went to so many games. I remember just sitting there. He was always just, one of the bright spots to look at, you know, and especially in the dugout, always had a smile on his face, and that's the kind of players you just, you never forget. No, you're you're so right, Nolan. A great call, great first call, and just great call overall, man. If you want to look at it on a day like tonight or a night like today, with the news that pops, there is a rebirth, right? There's a rebirth of sports, this revival of. Legit teams that coincide with the passion that's always been there. But now you actually, you've got Carson Wentz. You've got Joe and Ben. And you've got a young core. You've got youth with the Flyers and some talent as well. But Reese on the rise with a bunch of other young names that the Phillies are going to point to over the next three or four years. But the town itself is this revival. And if you want to point to, as Nolan laid out, who Doc was. The type of approach that just, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to light you up. There's just no way. I'm going to blow you back. No way around it. Domination on the mound. Longevity on the mound. Domination on the mound. The way in which he impacted his teammates. The way in which he impacted the fans. There is a rebirth with Carson Wentz as well. And I don't mean to go totally cosmic on, on a night in which we remember Somebody who has left this planet way too early. But if you want to draw the sports parallel of a rebirth, going back to what Nolan and others and myself and we all went through and felt, especially when you pointed to somebody like Doc Halliday at 10, 2010, 2011. There is that similar feel now of Carson. He's just younger. He's just younger. 610-632-0975, the phone number. More of your memories as we continue to reminisce about the great Roy Doc Halliday. Eight on Shader, 97.5 The Fanatic. One-two pitch. Hit towards third. Castro has it. Spins. Fires. A perfect game. Roy Halliday has thrown the second perfect game. 
faces 27 batters. He retires all 27. I want to read you something from Chase Utley posted this on his Instagram. My heart hurts writing this. I can still remember the first day we met. Listen to this story about Roy Halladay from Chase Utley. It was 5.45 a.m. on the first day of spring training. When I arrived, he was finishing his breakfast, but his clothes were soaking wet. I asked if, I was rain- if it was raining when he got in. He laughed and said, no, I just finished my workout. I knew right then he was the real deal. Thank you, Roy, for allowing us to witness what it takes to be the best. We will all miss you. It's amazing. Encompasses everything that you've heard right there about Roy Halladay. Stories like that. I told you when we began this show that there were going to be these types of stories that just pile up. Because of the type of player, the type of teammate, the type of athlete that a fan would cheer for, Roy Halladay was the type of legacy that Roy Halladay leaves, it's impossible to think that these stories wouldn't be out here tenfold. 610-632-0975, your phone number. Aton Shanna bringing you up to the Sixers and Jazz tonight at 9, but beyond, of course, what's happening with the Eagles on the bye week, beyond, of course, trying to define what load management is, we have a, a story that has just gotten the sports world stopped Entirely. And that's the tragic passing of Roy Halladay in the Gulf of Mexico in a plane accident, 40 years young. And it's about you tonight. It's about your way, your own personal way that you choose to remember and continue to celebrate the legacy of Roy Halladay. Caitlin is next up with Aton Shanner on the Fanatic. Good evening, Caitlin. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you for your call. Sure. Um, first time caller. I was had no choice but to call in tonight, um, given today's events. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Roy Halliday just a couple months ago. Um, I was helping out working a signing at the Plymouth Meeting Mall, um, and he just left an absolute lasting impression on me. I've met a lot of athletes um, over the years helping out with these signings, and there has been no one like Roy Halliday. Um, there were hundreds, maybe even thousand people who have come to that signing that day, and it was hot. I had eaten. It was a long day, and I was complaining that it was hot. I was thirsty. <laughs> I was hungry. And Roy Halliday literally offered me his lunch My sitting goodness. next to him at the signing. My and goodness. he said, I have a sandwich. Do you want it? And I kind of laughed at him because I thought it was a joke. And he literally pulled out a sandwich and handed it over to me. Wow. And mind you, I ended up not accepting it. Um, I don't even eat sandwiches. But it was still just the thought that he made sure that I was okay and that I was able to continue on, even though it didn't even matter to him. He was still there. He was getting paid for what he was doing. Um, but that just showed some of the character that day to me. Yeah, absolutely. He was amazing with every fan, listened to every story they had of where they were when he threw his no-hitter, where they were when he threw his perfect game. Um, and he was there way longer than he needed to be. Um, but that day just showed... It was more than just a game for him. It was his passion. Um, and he was lucky and happy to share it with all of us. That's an amazing story, Caitlin. I'm just, I'm so happy for you and, and everybody there that had a chance to meet him. But you had such a personal interaction with him. And it was more than just, hey, I got a chance to tell Roy about something that happened with me. Or 
I had a chance to explore something. I mean, you actually had something personal that you shared mm-hmm. with him that moment with the sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget when I asked him to take a selfie, too, and he told me our height difference was going to be a problem, <laughs> that I should probably give my phone to somebody else in the store to take the picture. That's great. Thank you, Caitlin, so much for sharing. Thank you so much. No, you got it. It's perfect. You know, that, that's, what, that's what you strive for. The personal interactions that you had. And I understand that not everybody, this is a wide net that we cast on a nightly basis, daily basis from 6A to midnight here in Philadelphia. And I know that there are not everybody listening tonight, tomorrow, in the morning, midday, whatever. Not everybody has had that chance, has been fortunate enough like Caitlin or Tom before or other fans who have had personal interaction, actually been able to shake his hand or meet Roy Halladay or get an autograph. I get it. I understand it. But still, think about what it meant. Think about the arrival of Roy Halladay here from Toronto and what that continued to signify. The step increase, the step up that this team took following back-to-back World Series appearances and then ramping it up even more. And then when he comes here, you get story Like Chase Otley, of all people, is taken aback. This guy, look at his work ethic in Roy Halliday. It's 5.45 in the morning. First day, he thinks that it's raining out. And Halliday checks him and says, uh-uh, I just came from working out. And of all people, like Chase Utley, the guy that we all point to, Mr. Blue Collar, Mr. Philadelphia, Mr. Head Down when he's sliding, he, of all people, looks back and says, wow, this guy's got it. Greatness. And you know that everybody else who had the chance, the opportunity, the good fortune to play alongside with him, to be in the dugout, to be out there on a yearly basis with Roy Halladay, and then you as well. And this isn't a secondary thing. This isn't just you're removed from it. You down there in the stadium. So you remember it. It might be, hey, the only interaction you ever got with Roy Halladay was just going to games was just being in the stands when he came out and was throwing fire. But you know what? That's more than enough. Because you were part of the same moments. Yes, he created those moments, but you all shared in those moments. And you know what? Maybe you were watching at home. And it was just slapping hands with your dad, with your brother, with your mother, with your daughter. And just baseball's back. And this is not just a flash in a pan. It's not a one-year, two-year. Baseball is back. Sports, that feeling that you have when you know that there's somebody that's going to go out there. And it wasn't every five days with that team. It was like every five days you get a day off. And and in this case, maybe you get a stinker from one of them. But very rare. You knew that level of confidence. We feel it now. It's the same exact feeling you have now. Whoever the Eagles face, it was like that back then. And think about it. This is coming off of 08. This is coming off of 09. To where you already had something similar to that, but it was just reinforced. Fantastic story by Caitlin. John is next up with Aton Shander. Good evening, John. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, buddy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, of course. Thanks for taking it. Yeah, man, it's such a shame what happened. I couldn't believe the news when I heard it today. Yeah, there's just but, no uh, way. There's just no way to to react to something like that. You can't prepare. Yeah. It's not somebody who's sick for two or three months. It's just you stop. Exactly. But when I first heard it, I kind of thought like 
he kind of died in like the environment that he loved being in. You know what I mean? If you ever looked at his like Twitter or whatever, he constantly posted like photos and videos of him flying. Yep. Like he just loved doing it. Like, yeah. If it wasn't baseball, it was flying for this guy. I think no, you're right. So, it's definitely this was not a a freak thing where it was the first time that he flew. You're right. This is a passion of his. Yeah. But also, memory-wise, um, I remember the Memorial Day weekend so vividly because that was also the first game of the Flyers' Cup, and they had just lost like a 6-5 to five shootout game with the Blackhawks, and I remember how mad I was. But now I flipped over to Philly, and it was like, oh, poor Howdy's a pick away from a perfect game. Yeah. And kind of like up enlightened the moment, you know? Tyler, I was producing the show that you spoke to before you came on with me, brought that up in the break, and it was a great point just about that night, that day, and, yeah. and the combination of what was going on in sports with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Now, you're right, yeah. John. It's a tough one, man. I, I, I appreciate yeah. it. I know it's, it's not an easy way to do it. Thank you. It's not an easy night. It won't be an easy morning. This is a team... This is a unit back then that it was so close seven years ago. That's nothing. You blink and it's seven years. And you understand, too, that where we are currently in sports, there is a connection. You can look back and and feel that because we're going through it now. That level of excitement combined with anticipation of domination Exactly. Just mirror it. it. What you're feeling now against Dallas a week from Sunday, what you felt leading up to Denver, what you felt leading up to Washington, San Fran, anybody, anybody and everybody following that Chiefs game. My God, it's the same feeling, the same feeling. And then with Roy, it stood out even more. Because you did have that individual element of the team game in baseball where even there are limits with the quarterback. Yes, the QB can throw for 450 and four TDs, but other people are involved. And if the defense lays an egg, then you're out there. But it's easier to control. It's easier to dominate as one person, as one man out there when you're a pitcher. At the same time, hey, you're on that island. And it's how you control and it's how you bounce back from a mistake and it's your poise. And this guy was all class on the field, on the mound, off the field, off the mound. So there was no shock. Yeah, we all loved it. But there was no shock that a guy who put in so much into his craft and cared so much about not only winning and playing the game, but also his teammates and his fans. No shock to look back and see all the personal accomplishments what he's done and the one thing that you look back and think to yourself is man you just you wanted him more you wanted more of roy and yeah maybe you would have gotten that ring at some point but still you just you wanted more of roy that's the only thing that's the only negative that you take away this is about memories and it's about celebrating as much as you can but i get it that it's difficult as well sean is next up on the fanatic sean hey uh just uh want to say first things first um you know Love and prayers and good vibes go out to Roy Roy Halliday's family and friends. Uh, that's a huge tragedy. I've seen it on my phone uh, right when Lincoln Miss was on, and 
I couldn't believe it. I was taken aback immediately, making phone calls to friends to let them know the news. And that was, that was my, you know, my formative, you know, years when I was just coming out of high school. Um, my senior year, I was on uh, my senior trip. My dad had a massive stroke. Um, and I didn't know what was going on. I came back and, you know, everything, everything ended up turning out to uh, be, you know, somewhat okay. My dad was uh, fairly crippled uh, at this point. But, you know, this first couple of years coming out of it, <clears throat> he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't himself. He was very sad. And, you know, everybody was just happy to have him still alive. But, uh, you know, he, was, he wasn't himself. You know, he couldn't get up and do the things he loved to do. But he had the Phillies every day. And, uh, and that was his favorite player. And I just remember sitting there, you know, with him day in and day out watching Philly's games and watching Roy Halliday on the mound. And, I, you know, the look on my dad's face when I told him today was, you know, absolute shock and, and awe and uh, sadness. And it's just a crazy day. But that, you know, his performance, that team's performance, like you said, it, you know, that feeling that, you know, going into any game, there, there wasn't many people who were going to beat us. And yeah. and that, that brought my dad through a lot. Just, you know, that was his, that's his team. That's his favorite sport. He, you know, played semi-pro ball uh, coming out of Vietnam and, a little too old to do anything with it, but uh, and probably not quite good enough. But uh, <laughs> but still, it's it, there's a passion for it, and and Roy and, and the Phillies to a lesser extent, you allowed them in your homes to to help share moments, right? And it was I, reciprocated I by them going out there and kicking ass, right? I don't, we never had any personal interaction with with Roy Holiday, but you, you know you, you get you get the overall sense from, you know, stories you hear, you know, day in and day out, people who do meet them, you know, people run into them on the street. Uh, I'm a bartender and, and I've met a few people who, who have run into them and you just like through random conversations. And, and it's the same story every time, just a super nice guy. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, people can have bad days and you shouldn't judge them for it. But, you know, I have, I have yet to come across a, a bad story of Roy Holiday. Not at and all. No, it's, it's such, it's just, it's such a heartbreak to you know hear this that a 40 year old man goes down and you know uh, just a seminal part of of my life of, of me loving baseball and watching it with my dad and you know and he was just a big part of it i i love seeing him out there i bought the roy holiday jersey as soon as he came <laughs> nice <out>. sean <laughs> i'm so happy you had a chance to share that story about you and your dad and, and specifically about what Roy and the Phils meant to your dad and, and you, but it, it's cool, man. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. No, you got it, man. And and that's a great example of not ever needing to have that physical handshake. Not ever needing to be in a position where Roy Halliday offers you a sandwich. It doesn't take away from those stories. It reinforces who Roy Halliday is. But Sean offers up examples of Letting, and this is what we do, and we do it so well here. Trust me, I've lived in different spots. You know, I was never, I'm not even born here, but being here for over a decade and being here as long and working this job beyond when I first got here before I even got into radio and, and media, it was still evident. But we welcome, especially when, when we get it right, but we welcome more than just the game into our homes, into our lives. We welcome the athletes. And that is an example of welcoming in Roy Halladay and allowing those great moments to help influence and be a positive force. And we'll continue this. Again, 8 o'clock, you'll hear from Larry Boa on with Mike. 
In that hour, you'll also hear Jason Stark, who was on with Mike. Two guys who know the game as well as anybody. And to hear Giants in their own right, in Larry Boa and Jason Stark, struggle to put into words what Roy Halladay meant, not only to baseball, not only to the Phillies, but to you, the fans. It's, it's tough. It's a tough night. And we'll continue to navigate it. I am grateful for you out there. I'm grateful for your help because this is not anything that I nor any host nor anybody with this level of platform should ever do alone. It's about us. Eitan Shader, 97.5 The Fanatic.